you know, this was supposed to be one single hour and a half episode. Welcome back, Josh. Let's get to know your thoughts and recap some things since you left. Yeah, it's just an hour on one topic. So I guess welcome back, Josh. Aaron actually did. Aaron's the one who asked for it. I, did, I didn't. Issue. He didn't run it by me even first. He just I asked. D- I, I asked you in the <laughs> askings. I know. I know. I, I said no. <laughs> like I'm going to say no to Josh. I would. Why would you say no to Josh? Oh. What has Josh done to you that you would say no to him? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know either. All right. My friend. Are you going to talk like that? Yes, I will. Here at User Words Podcast, none of us are knowingly foolish. Okay, Troll, yeah, we, we have house. thousands of years of architecture we can go uh, over. Would here. you build your house on rock or sand? Knowing Brewer, sand because it's cheaper. Oh! <laughs> of course, have- sand. Oh, welcome to Use Your Words Podcast. I'm joined once again by, uh, as I w- it was described to me at a restaurant, my brother, apparently, Mr. Aaron Johnson. Oh, yeah, hi. And then mm-hmm. we're also joined by the person I describe as my mother, but in a male body and younger, Mr. Josh Brewer. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Oh, no. <laughs> this is going to be the worst. And apparently he has decided that he is an elderly British man who is very sort prim of. and proper. Then yes, that's how he has to talk now. Oh, oh, oh. Proper prim, oh. you mean? Proper prim. I want to see how long you can actually keep that up no! because I doubt you could. No! Because. No! That... Accepted challenge. No. How about. Accepted challenge is challenge accepted. You fool. It's oh. proper and prim. Get that pinky out. What are you doing? You do not drink with your pinky in. What has happened, Aaron? <laughs> I'm sorry. We've Paul. lost all control what? already. What? I, I didn't. I, I shouldn't have asked. I'm sorry. But... This all happened because Aaron's like, "Hey, Josh, you want? What are you doing Sunday? Do you want to no, join I us?" He was, he's not working. He's free. He's kind of nothing to do. Well, it, he's working his new job, but he's not working on Sundays. Mm. What you what you mean? Mm. That's what you mean. Yes, I, I, I get it, but at the same time, I'm just like, oh, okay. And then we got Josh, and then we got Mr. Prim and Proper over here who has joined us once again. Proper Prim. Sure. Well, I cannot wait to get his thoughts on a few things then now because of if he's going to talk this Prim and Proper and be this much of a, I don't know, evil Bond villain gentleman, then I guess we'll see how it some of these statements will come out from him. I'm not ready. <laughs> You're not ready? No. Oh, there's so many things that you cannot be ready for, and this is definitely one that you should be ready for. Because, Mr. Johnson, I want to hear your thoughts on these things, too, as well, obviously. I don't have thoughts. You... I I always, well, I do have thoughts, but it always comes later after I'm supposed to Is this to another happen. earwax situation? No, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about that as soon as I said that. No, it's 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 one of those things where we talk about this now and then I just like it takes me like another day or two to really chew things over to have thoughts on stuff. This is why I sent out a document the other day. Yeah, I know and I looked at it. Okay, good. I did, but did you read any of the articles? You, a little bit, but it's like when you start talking. Yeah. You know, and then I I Then you what? I don't do well with that. You don't do well with talking? No. Why not? Uh, you're doing fine right uh, now but it you see <laughs> no <laughs> this, this prim and proper thing is throwing me off a little bit it, it's 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 not right because it, no, it doesn't match <laughs> exactly we we both know josh we're both looking at him in his hunter orange right now mm-hmm. and hunter orange plus prim and proper does not equal reality <laughs> no, no there, there's a contradiction here between the two things and i don't know if i like it or not but yeah. and then you, I mean, you just know how Josh is normally. So, yeah, that's another way I describe you, Josh. I don't know if you know that or not. I, I, I call you the Northern Redneck. 
Yes. <laughs> You're like turning into a redneck in front of my very eyes every time I see you more and more and more redneckish. It's entertaining to me. And it's wearing off on me. Compliment or not, I cannot decide. It's a compliment. Take it. Sure. Go with it. Take it. <laughs> take it. Take it. It's a compliment. Don't question if it's a compliment or not. Just take it as what it is. Because every time I see Josh nowadays, it's he's uh, more and more into his hunting and more and more into his hunter orange and more and more into that sort of lifestyle. You know, the last time I was over, well, no, not the last time, two times I was over there, he gave us a brats venison brats which were good Ooh, don't get me yes. wrong they were good. Why, why are you getting your cleaver never know if i need it or not against what <laughs> the prim and proper kid no yes wild prim and proper is going to jump you no i'm just gonna use it to on shave him. your knuckles again well the more cut your fingers dri- again the more he drives me nuts the more he loses by the time he leaves before he leaves And here's the part I need to delete before it gets to the jury. <laughs> yeah, the sacrifice. <laughs> we just talked about all that. Oh, this is see off. that can't that you know that can't be a thing. This is off to a record great that can't start. Can't be a thing because then you can't have comedy. You can't have joking happen. The question is, you have to define if that's a joke or not. They... Well, of course it is. I've never harmed him like that in all my years of knowing him. But you harmed him in other ways, haven't you? Duh. I'm just kidding. What? I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Shoot, have <laughs> Emotionally. Okay. Wow. Josh is back. For today. We, we bring back Josh and just everything goes off the rails immediately. I'm, I'm impressed. Josh, your presence. <laughs> he's he's is... got a smile. <laughs> I've done Job, job accomplished. <laughs> good. I'm glad you thought you did good. Because uh, this week we're going to get Josh's thoughts on a few things since it's been a little while since we've caught up with him and I want to hear some of his thoughts. So Josh, I've, I've given you four things that I want to get your thoughts on as we catch up with you on what you've been doing and everything. Which one would you like to start with first? Because two of them are related to guns. One's abortion and one is sending money to other countries. I love Aaron's reaction. He's just like, jeez. This is going to be great. (laughs) This is going to be rough. Well, depending on how this goes, I may break this one up into two. (laughs) Oh, I can easily see that. Uh, Let's start with money. With money. Wow. Uh, I'm actually surprised you wanted to start with the money one. Wow. Okay. Beautiful. I, I, I will go with this. So, yes. So. In our wonderful budget that uh, is going through Congress and uh, that Biden wants to get signed and all that fun stuff, there is tons of money, tons of money, millions of dollars for other countries to reinforce their own borders. A lot in the Middle East, especially in that, of course. And I find it ironic and funny that that is happening, that we're sending all this money overseas to shore up everyone's borders. Make sure that they're all taken care of and secure but and at the same time what did uh they just basically i guess you could say cancel here the wall the wall well, well the wall is yes but what uh, i guess you could say procedure or rule that was in place from the previous administration that just got basically said eh, this is done with now the deportation of illegals or title 42 what is that it is title there 42 it is. i don't know so do you know what so okay no. so you don't know what title 42 is okay no josh do you know what title 42 is i'm guessing he does how are you reacting to it um i know it was a process in vetting uh people as they tried to cross over but i have not i don't know any of the specifics yeah so title 42 it's a code uh, so it, it's a u.s code yeah. essentially for border crossing um and they tied it to public health and welfare Mm-hmm. So under section 256 of the code, the surgeon general, or in this case, the center of D, uh, the director of the centers for disease control and prevention can prohibit the entry of non-citizens in the interest of public health. If there is a quarantinable communicable disease, AKA COVID in a foreign country in serious danger that it could be introduced into the United States, AKA COVID continued to be spread in the United States. Mm-hmm. So when Trump was in power, he enacted 
Title 42 uh, to essentially halt or slow down as much as possible immigration from the southern border, uh, both legally and illegally, uh, doing as much as possible there. And the Biden administration came recently and said, no, 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 we're going to... Uh, we're not going to deal with the, we're not going to deal with that anymore. We're going to revoke that because apparently the pandemic is over. If you listen to everyone nowadays, the pandemic is over. Everyone celebrated and yay! Oh wait, there's two more pandemic waves coming that they're predicting. Where we're, we're going to have to mask up again. Nope, <laughs> they're predicting one early summer and then one in the fall. Now, bruh. What? So yeah, that, that what? So what's it called now? Oh, it's going to be. It's still COVID, but yeah, like, what's the I think, variant now? I think the new one is uh, Z, XE. I mean, no matter no matter where you stand politically, I mean, it just makes sense that you know if if you're worried about the security of the state, mm-hmm. okay, and people are coming in, and there's a there's a pandemic going around, or let's say another country has this outbreak, and it's only happening in that country, you wouldn't want people coming in here and possibly spreading it here. The more people you have in here, the more people can spread it. Therefore, the faster it can hit, the less time we have prepared. So regardless of where you stand, um, Title 42 makes sense. I mean, I would agree if Democrats wrote it, it makes sense. If Republicans wrote it, if an independent makes it wrote it, it, it would make sense. So for them to end it just doesn't make sense. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, Title 42 should be in place, period. It shouldn't be a temporary thing. It should be part of the standard vetting procedures. If there is an outbreak of something in that country, everybody should be put through due process to determine whether or not they should enter. I mean... So Title 42 is actually part of the Public Health Services Act of 1944. So it's it's around for a long time. It's not... It's just... When do they choose to enforce it? In this case, COVID being the communicable disease that it is, is what they chose to say. That's what we're going to go ahead and enforce this now. And essentially, and so as part of this, so they gave essentially emergency powers to the border patrol to, you know, instead of like quarantining them or keeping them, you know, in a, I'll, I'll, I'll use the common colloquialism, whatever you say that word, uh, cage, as they say, you know, in detent, you know, in holding centers and that. Um, so instead of doing that, they could immediately kick them back right back over the border under t- this Title 42 emergency powers. Which makes sense. Yeah. So that that's why I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, apparently we're in the spot in my, now. In my opinion, Title 42 should be enacted at any point in time. There is any point of potential threat of a widespread disease, period. But that means bring it on every few months, bring it on every few months. If it means bring it on every few years, okay, cool. But rather it only have to be brought on every few years because that would indicate we don't have widespread diseases like that. Yeah, and the way we're at now, what, we should enact that every, probably every fall during flu season and every summer and winter during COVID season. These are our new seasons we live with. <laughs> yay, no, yay. I- and, and I'll say this, so the hundred, so the bill that was passed in 1944, that was passed by the 115th United States Congress, which was Republican majority at that time. So it was probably the Republican Party that uh, did that. Hmm. So that's going to be uh, interesting to watch as that goes on. I, ju- I just found it funny that as that was going through, you know, all these people were like, oh, yes, end, end it, end it, end it. And now it's starting to come up of like, oh, we're ending it. Sweet. Um, what do we do to replace Title 42 now with all this? Well, I mean, in, in, in reality, I mean, Title 42 is just a, a given power, so I don't necessarily think there needs to be a replacement. Well, the Democratic uh, representatives of Arizona think they do. They think they need something to, they're opposing ending the policy without a comprehensive workable plan in place. Well, I mean, okay, and in that sense, it makes I guess I guess it's the 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 context in which replacing Title Forty Two is it like a permanent policy that they're talking about, which probably is what they are, considering they are a border state, um, versus just something that's only enacted. I think they're probably looking at something that they can choose to enact when they want to choose it. So right now, okay, so the Title Forty Two it's enacted by the federal government again when the, it sees a considerable th- 
disease thing. Okay. So it's not, they don't, they're not saying we don't want the law removed. They just don't want the law from being enforced right now, which it is at this point in time. So Mark Kelly and Kristen Cinema from Arizona are the ones opposing that. And they've actually introduced a bill to prevent Biden from ending 42 until the COVID national emergency declaration is lifted. Because that technically still isn't lifted at this point in time. That makes sense. So it's they want to tie the two together, which I think actually makes uh, sense to do that. Oh, I do too. I mean, if you haven't officially said it's over, then why are you lifting something that allows protection to be in place? Well, because everything, everyone else thinks it's over per se, uh, based on, and, and I put it's over in quotes because I've lived like it's over for a while now, but a oh, lot yeah. of people are, are still living like COVID's going to come and attack them and drag them into an alley. Right at their door. Well, I was driving to church this morning. Yeah. I was going down Highway 20. There was a guy walking along the side of the street. Well, you know, it's not exactly cold out nowadays, so. No. But he's wearing a mask nice. while walking along the side of the street. I'm like, you realize that mask is not going to do anything to help you <laughs> with, because there, there's no one around you, and it's just car exhaust. Right. Well, he's just keeping himself from breathing in the harmful chemicals from the exhaust that may be his thought because that is actually a common thing in big cities down south down south as in like that south of the united states or down south and like like uh like uh houston you'll see people wearing masks if they're walking along traffic i've heard stories of it because uh, because there's so much for example uh what was it um i'm pretty sure there's stuff on youtube about it when i was younger back in um middle school we actually had a thing to where we were uh, it was talking about pollution and stuff and how you, in a sense, could walk along the highway down in Houston mm-hmm. wearing a white shirt. By the time you get home, it's no longer white because of all the soot from the cars and stuff. So, well, so it was funny driving to um, driving to Denver, Colorado, from being just being in Estes Park. Um, yeah, you get to see that so the, the classic city smog kind of around the city. I'm like, mm, yeah, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see like maybe on the heavy, you know, uh, pollution days, especially if you have something like asthma or stuff like that. Yeah, oh, but yeah. but the quote unquote medical masks that we have been wearing for uh, COVID aren't the same as smog masks. Those are actually special masks. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. And you can yeah, even, every mask has a specific reason for it. Yeah, because dep- it, it's, yeah. you know, the size and what it can let through and all that other stuff, you know. Right. The last time, the last time I wore a mask uh, for COVID, geez, Louise, I can't even tell you when. It's been a long time. I think it was when I got my COVID shot because they still made me wear a mask to get the shot, even though I didn't have to wear a mask in the store. It was dumb. Or let's let's not forget about this. Uh, my one teacher kind of poked fun at it. So um, at the school that I'm at, we had a class have like three or four people that got COVID at the same time. And the school was like, mm-hmm. yikes, let's pull the plug. So they pulled the plug on that class. And their primary teacher, but they still had another teacher. Right. That worked with that class. Oh, of course. And that teacher also was in the hallway. I was in the hallway with this class, too. Yeah. But none of us had to go home because, you know, COVID stops at that classroom door. Yeah. They, they, what, they, what they really do is they say it's the exposure time back when the COVID, you know, whenever it's like, am I at risk of getting COVID if I was around someone who had it? You know, they're like, were you in with them around like more than 15 minutes then? Because yeah. 15 minutes apparently is the magic number for COVID to drill into your body. I'd, uh, yeah, none, I, all Let's the numbers. Let's not forget about restaurants, can. though. Let's not forget about restaurants. Yeah, they're <laughs> fine. Yeah, COVID doesn't exist in restaurants. No. That's the beauty of it. It doesn't like food. No, well, no. Uh, as right. soon as food hits the table, it's like, boom, it's gone. Yeah. I, uh, that was, I remember when, when we were in Chicago. Oh, my goodness. Place, and it's like. <laughs> You had to wear one unless you're sitting at a booth. Then you can take it off. It's like, 
because the booth is magical. Yeah, it's got barriers for for COVID. the restaurants that could stay open because of the square footage, which I thought was total BS too. Of Um, course it is. Because, like, for example, when you look at Menards and they actually tell you the the amount of people that they can legally have in the building. Yeah. It's in the thousands. Yep. But the actual amount of square footage that is usable should knock that number down to at least half, if not uh, two-thirds. Because once you take all the stuff, like if you put somebody in an aisle and you got to have six feet between each person, you're maybe getting three people per aisle. You know, I mean, when you actually look at a yeah, if, yeah, uh, a six foot minimum radius from you, that's a twelve foot diameter circle that you have to have around you. Oof. You you really don't have any room. But anyways, going back to the restaurants, oh. um, <laughs> when at first I remember going to a restaurant shortly after COVID had um, finally changed the way that we do things. It's not like oh, what is this? It's like all right, you know, this is what we got to do. We got to have six feet. Got to have a mask. Got to you know. This, right. is, this is after it's been out for a few months. I was at a restaurant and I remember being sat with two booths in between me and the next group of people. Okay. And then I kid you not, I felt like suddenly four months later, I was at another restaurant. Somebody was at my back. It's like out of nowhere, restaurants either didn't have to do it or they weren't listening to the rules and were literally sitting people booth to booth to booth. Really? Yeah. And I was just like, I was so confused by that. And I remember that because it's just like, so we go from six feet in public to now I can sit back to back with somebody in a booth and I don't even have to have my mask on when I sit down. See, that booth was um, blessed by the magic druid of the local woods and therefore it prevents the spread of COVID. Well, outside of your. That'll explain the pine cones on the ground in there. There you go. That makes sense. What places are you going to eat? At? He's going to vegan hippy dippy restaurants. Hey, we'll float oh, your boat, right? Oh gosh, sure. Yeah, man, I just watched some vegan lady on YouTube with my nephew, and wow, it was. Why were you watching a vegan lady on YouTube? Because he thought it was funny, and it was horrible. Wait, you thought it was funny, or he? Thought- he, he thought no, it was funny. It was, it was just like ridiculous how strange she was, but that's. That that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But yeah, so let's get back to the topic at hand of border wars. <laughs> borders and send borders. Money to other countries for their own borders. Um yeah, that's, the yeah. thing what I I figured out before the pandemic, and for those of you who do or don't agree, you can do your own research. But our border security, it's all been politically driven. I'll agree with that hundred percent. You don't? I, I said I will. Oh, oh. I, I know, I know that that that's why I repeated myself when you started questioning. <laughs> um, this has been going on for over thirty years. There's a way to do it. There's proof that it works a certain way at the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. They just haven't instigated it because it is a reason of vote. And for those of you who want more definition on what I mean by reason of vote, it is. Something that pivots whether you vote for this party or the next. That's what these parties have been focused on um, more than anything in probably the last 12 years is finding ways to get people emotional to the point that they actually will vote and be a one-choice voter. So whether it's guns, abortion, border security, um, uh, low-income benefits, um, they find something that makes you tick in the most emotional way possible, and they try to use that as their leverage. That's why each each um, party has their specific things that they target as being their dominant reasons why you should vote for them. Yeah. Imagine, imagine, think about, imagine this. Imagine if Republicans were suddenly pro-abortion, anti-Second Amendment, anti-border security, and Democrats became pro-Second Amendment, pro-border security, and anti-abortion. People would flip. At least least if that's their issue. Correct. At least if that's their issue. Which most people, you would see probably something. Or if they did it overnight, everybody would be like, what the heck's going on? But 
Yeah, if if that happened like overnight, everyone would go, "What the heck's going on?" And uh, I would have to agree. And honestly, I would probably be in a, a, a tough situation. I would have to probably switch. <laughs> it's not that I'm a one part, a one issue voter myself. It's just all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, you're anti Second Amendment now, anti this, anti this, everything that's antithetical to what I believe in. I, I can't, I can't go with you now. <laughs> so now let's say if it was just literally one issue, you know. One issue being um, guns, you know, let's say, you know, that that flipped, but everything else stayed the same. That'd make it a little bit harder to, to decide what to do at that point. At that point, which I think should happen anyway, at that point, you have to analyze who the actual person is that's uh, being elected and analyze all their positions and take the, I guess you could say the best of the worst between all of them. It's kind of figured that's something we're supposed to do. Anyways. Yeah, but, I, I think that's what we're supposed to do anyways. Right. But yes, I, I agree. That's something we should do is not analyze the one issue. And, and to Josh's point, there are a lot of one issue voters that will vote for, you know, the person comes on and says, I am pro guns, anti-abortion. And they will uh, boom, be like, boom, I am going to vote for you no, no matter what, no matter if they are a creep that cheats on their wife and yeah, does all this other stuff. Or, yeah, I'd rather vote for someone that also has good characters as to, as well as what, having my same values. Which makes it hard for me sometimes because there's some guys mm-hmm. out there, you know, on on the Republican side who, you know, up. It's like okay, you have the right, quote unquote, public values. You know, pro gun, anti abortion. Scum is a person. Well, and yeah, or there's accusations against them, so they haven't been proven. So take for example, for like right. Matt Gates and that you know, him, uh, some of the accusations against him about the sexual misconduct and uh, harassment and that. And then, uh, was, what's his face? The guy in the wheelchair from North Carolina, I believe it is. Oh, Cawthorn or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh Cawthorn, the guy in the wheelchair, or whatever. Uh, yeah. I think it's Cawthorn, but like him, right. You know, again, very much like I was just listening to a podcast that he was on a very, uh, what was it? Uh, warrior poet society. Don't know if you've ever listened yep. to them. Yeah, because I I think he was being interviewed by them. Uh, They have a YouTube channel. Yeah, and he was being interviewed by them, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, dude, you're the guy that lasted like six months with your wife because you didn't want to take the time or energy to make it work. Yeah, that's... And I was like, so for the one-issue voters, they're like, yes, 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 and then I'm sitting there going... Do you know what this person's like? (laughs) But then I have to also go back to the fact of which is the better of the two evils, I guess you could say. Like is well okay yeah yeah I guess as you know far as voting versus for someone that you don't agree with politically or whatever and then voting for the person that you do agree with but you just don't like them as a person yeah I get that yeah it, the whole you know holding your nose while voting for them yeah deal. yeah yeah no yeah I, 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 it was the same thing with Trump you know it it was holding the nose while voting it was the better of the two evils and oh for that case and, oh yeah and especially now you look at it and you're like. Oh, look, does he, I didn't even know where he's at three quarters of the time. <laughs> I, oh, I felt so, I almost felt bad for the guy seeing that the, I don't know, was it the party or whatever that thing was, but with where Barack Obama came back in. Oh it was yeah. Like nobody paid attention to Biden whatsoever. At least the, obviously a couple clips that, you know, you see, and he's just like kind of like walking around like, I was like, talk to I was uh, listening. Oh. I think it was. I think it was education I was listening to. And the guy was going, oh, look, Obama's tired of working from home. <laughs> <laughs> so he came into the office for a day. Yeah. Well, he's been, a, then he's been doing a terrible job this time so far then too. Well, well, at least he hasn't gone to Will Smith levels. Oh my so. gosh. Hey, we can't, well, okay. You can talk about that. I can't talk about that though. Oh, cause you're white. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know both of you are so porcelain white. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh it's like I'm God. sitting in a snowfield out here. <laughs> yeah, let me help. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not want your dandruff. Sir. <laughs> but yes, I know. I've seen that too. I've seen how the Will Smith slap was um due to racism and wait, what? Oh yeah. So they're blaming the Will Smith slap on racism now. Why? Because it's a white person's fault. <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't have time to get into the argument okay, right now. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. What yeah. the heck? 
All right. Brewer has something to say again. So back to the whole border wall thing. Yes. <laughs> I'm not even the one going off on a tangent right now. This is impressive. It's the Josh it effect. <laughs> it's my natural aroma. I got it. So going to the whole border, giving funds to other countries, because what was it? How much was it? I think it was a trillion dollar plan written up. Yeah. But I think it ended up being a billion dollar in a sense, donation. Yeah, of course. Um, to other countries to help improve their body. I understand. I do get this. I do get the idea of sending funds to allow someone else, in a sense, to deal with our problems. That's what we're doing, we're doing with the whole Ukraine thing. We're sending all these weapons to Ukraine mm-hmm. to allow them to fight a war for us so we don't have to. Right. Okay? We're using Ukraine as a proxy war because... Gotcha. If NATO were to directly get involved, that would create a whole other host of issues. Oh, absolutely. And now that what was it? Well, what country just uh, what country just went in? A country rolled in with tanks. Oh, I am not aware of that right now, off um, the top of my head. Um, yeah, a country just rolled in with tanks, and they are a part of NATO, to my knowledge. Oh, great! So we're declaring war through that as well. To me. They're not rolling it to the front lines. They're rolling it to a point. So pretty much For like support kind of thing. Well, if we were in Ukraine, which we probably are, we probably got agents in Ukraine um, because apparently during the years that Ukraine and Russia were having this little skirmish, we actually had agents and officers over there helping to train their semi, semi, you know, their uh, quote unquote militia we are helping to train their units to better fight and resist against uh russian forces back when it was just kind of like uh there was no man's land it was just sniper warfare and artillery warfare that's i mean originally what what it's been for years upon years upon years right there's never really been any actual advancement except for the uh separatist forces aka the pro-russian people yeah, so the, uh, just going back to the tank thing, yeah. uh, Czechoslovakian tanks. That's what it was. So I don't know exactly what point they rolled into. I don't know if they're just at the border. I don't know if they're actually making an advance all the way to Kiev. But in other words, to me, you can hit Ukraine all you want in a sense, but as soon as you hit a NATO member's territory or a NATO member piece of equipment that is embodied by that NATO member, yeah, that's when you actually enact a declaration of war. war. So to me, Czechoslovakia rolling in is their way of saying, you touch us or go past us, now you've declared war on all of NATO. Yeah, I, th- a- I think they just donated the tanks. They're, they're, oh. They didn't roll in. Oh, okay. So oh, I haven't read much into that. Yeah, I, um, I, the article I have pulled up here says they just donated the tanks oh. to, uh, to try to resupply Ukraine's tanks uh, supply. So Going to the whole border, I, I understand that, you know, proxy war, uh, you give money to someone else so that they actually, uh, so they beefing up their defenses, makes it so that we don't have to worry about it as much. I get that. The point that I don't support that is there needs to be an accountability system put in place to say, hey, if, and they don't talk about it really. Yeah. It's just one of those political things that either news reporters aren't asking questions on politicians aren't speaking on or just people aren't reporting it because it's not relevant or they don't want to because they know the answer is not what the American people are going to want. Most people aren't going to think like I am on this topic. Mm. I want to know there's accountability put in place. If we're donating billions of dollars to foreign countries, I want to know that if they don't use it to where they're supposed to or where they promise, which has been done in the past, what's the consequence? Mm-hmm. What 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 do we get out of it? Or are we just shelling more American dollars that we don't have somewhere else, putting the country in more debt? Um, so that's where I'm also against arming somebody else. Part of me is like, look, World War One, what happened? We helped rebuild. World War Two, what happened? We helped rebuild. We've gained no territory. But do we want to be gaining territory? That's the thing. <laughs> but but then no. here's, but here's the other <laughs> thing too. What I'm saying is we don't get anything out of the deal. What do we get out of the deal? What have we gotten out of the deal versus the previous two world wars? We got nowhere with uh, the Korean War. We got nowhere with the Vietnam War. 
And we've gotten places with the Korean Vietnam War, aka a lot of dead vets. And I'm not talking about vets that were in the war themselves. I'm talking about even afterwards due to things like Agent Orange and that. Well, and, and that's just kind of my thing. It's just like, we do all this projection. What do we get out of the deal? We get dead people and we get debt and we get to spend more money on taking care of people when they come home injured. So prior to, I will say one of the things that Trump did do good. I know some people out there hate and are willing to shut off this podcast for this. But one of the things that Trump did do is he walked in and he pretty much said, you guys need to start contributing more of your GDP to NATO. This prior to Trump, we were supporting, we were pretty much NATO. When you look at the yeah. amount that we are funding versus everybody else, we are giving the promise that we, uh, 2%. I think it is. You give 2% of your GDP to NATO. We were fulfilling that. Mostly our and countries you, were not. Yeah. They were doing half a percent, some of them, quarter of a percent. Yeah. Um, and you can look all this up online too if you're listening and you want to want to do more research on yourself but prior to trump that that's what was happening so when he came into the scenario he was like okay look we can't be funding this you guys have to be contributing to if you want to be a part of it you have to meet the basic requirements um but kind of going towards the whole thing with you know we funded the rebuilding of the world we have supported countries when they needed people when they needed uh materials tanks we have been the producer up that we have been long story short if you look at history if you take america out of every single major conflict the world would not be what you know it is today yeah fair enough there's a very good chance that all of europe and great britain would have been under control of the nazis now which japan probably have still lost because we would have then put all of our uh resources to that i cannot say yes or no because when we were supporting i forget what what um act it was but when we were supporting great britain we were building ships to meet the needs of great britain so we could transport the materials to great britain so we already had in a sense at that point in time before japan even thought about declaring war on us been militarized we've right. converted our factories to start building for other countries our shipyards were now producing um cargo ships transport ships so we had already started that. So if we had not done that, where would we have been with Japan at the time? I don't know. Could it have gone longer? Possibly. It could have come to a stalemate to where we would have exhausted ourselves throughout the war. Very possible, too. Um, but to me, before we're putting money anywhere else, we should be putting money here. Which, again, brings me back to the whole border wall. Yeah. Now, to be fair, and I will say this... Uh, this is an article from the start of March, so it could have changed since then. They did were able to reserve uh, preserve about two billion in border wall funding. So that that's as of the start of March. If that's changed since then, you know things could change always. Have they reactivated the project though? No, that's the problem. They they still got the funding, but they just haven't reactivated. So. I love how you were talking about like, yeah, I could see the, the money for Ukraine in that, right? I, I want you to guess eight of the countries that we're sending money to to uh, reinforce and give them enhanced border security. Uh, one is Egypt. Yep. Um, is Turkey one? No. Norway? No. Sweden? No. These are all essentially Middle East countries. Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, uh, Tunisia, Oman, uh, Libya, Pakistan, Nepal. Which brings me to the question. Why are they getting money? For enhanced border security. That's all. It's, that's that, sure. that, 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 that's what the, the money is allocated for. I put my money that it is a cover where the American people go, oh, we're helping somebody else's country. No, we're probably giving them a spiff because of something that happened. So. No, so, wait, no America America loves proxy wars if you didn't know that. I don't I don't know much of anything, so. <laughs> so during the Cold War, uh Russia or I should say the USSR advanced onto Afghanistan. Yep. Forgive me if I mention something wrong because the Middle East, forgive me for anybody who is of Middle East origin. I don't mean this as an insult, but 
my mind has always been confused on what countries are where and the importance of these countries in major wars. Because whenever you hear about the Middle East, you hear Afghan, Iran, Iraq. Those are the big three that I hear. And there's probably more in there. I apologize. And I also apologize if I speak of the wrong country in a topic of a conflict. But we sent CIA over to train the freedom fighters of Afghanistan and stuff. Okay. And we trained them to fight a war on our behalf. Same thing in Ukraine. We've trained them to be an effective fighting force against the Russians. So the Russians just couldn't steamroll into them during the Cold War. They were our enemies, right? Well, we inevitably trained the Taliban, which we ended up fighting for years and years and years and years, which morphed into different groups, which morphed into even more different groups, more extremist groups, and yada, 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 um, which at this point now, they control the countries over there. Um, America loves proxy wars. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll continue to because oh, absolutely. if we don't have to be directly involved, which means we don't have to officially declare war, which means we can just spend money, which means we can then impose our will wherever we like. I, I won't, I'm not, I realize that America in the past has been a very much of a let's expand and fight the war and be the world peacekeeper. And that isn't sustainable as we're seeing by a budget and everything else. It's not. And I don't understand why we're doing enhanced border security for other countries when we can't even do it for ourselves. I just find it funny. Like you go anywhere, you go to any other country and you try to get in illegally and you're being sent right back. The Exactly. Or uh, what was it before the Ukraine conflict actually blew up? Uh, maybe it was Poland. There were a bunch of refugees from, I think it was during the Serbian war, um, the most recent Serbian war. Uh-huh. And there was some, the immigrants were of Middle Eastern origin. And they were trying to get into a country. Yep. And the country literally across farm fields and forests had soldiers and hometown militia in arms. And you, there were pictures of a crowd of people on the other side of a barbed wire makeshift fence. Like these countries were just letting people come into their country. I mean, it's what it is. And I've, I've gotten the conversations with people before and they're like, well, America was founded on immigration. I, I, I get that. Yeah. That was when we were founded. And even if it, even if the case is only until the uh, to 1900s that we actually took an effect of actually trying to create this funnel, the funnel is there for some good reason. I mean, I don't want even if even if there's a bunch of other different reasons. If somebody is a criminal in another country, why do I want them in this country? We have enough criminals as it is. So even if that is the only thing that gets vetted, cool. You know, it's just like, let's lower the amount of bad people and let's bring in as many good people. I have a, a, one of my classmates and my coworker, she has a friend who their significant other is from Ireland. Huh. And to get into Ireland, I think it takes like two years or something like that. It's, something it's like a fraction that. of the time that it takes to become an American, American citizen. Yeah. He's the type of person you want over here. He's an engineer. Do I remember exactly what type of engineering he does? No, but he's an engineer. He's somebody who's contributing to society. He's contributing to the potential growth of some form of something in this country. That's the kind of people you want, right? Now, in America, I think it's about five years before you become a citizen. I, I don't know the length because obviously I never had to go through that process. So, But I do know that if you join military service as you come over here and you get your green card, you can automatically get citizenship. Wow. But then again, you have a four-year minimum service. Ooh, okay. Yeah, you have four years active duty that you would have to fulfill. Um, now, I'm not 100% sure on how that relates with National Guard, active duty, and reserves. I don't know. But to my knowledge, that if you join the armed forces in your active duty, which usually means that you're, you're home for a few odd days a year, otherwise you're at a base here stateside or not stateside for four years, and then you join reserves, you automatically get citizenship. Huh. Which, I mean, I think that that's a no-brainer at that point because 
if what, something happens to that person and they can't be a citizen, if they, let's say they don't make it to four years, I mean, that's kind of bogus to say, oh yeah, you got to come back and you got a whole nother year. You got to be right. a non-citizen, you know? I mean, but anyways, there's a certain part. I was told when I was younger, there was a certain part in California and uh, there was a wall built and it was just a small wall because this, this small town in California was finding that they had a lot of uh, illegals filtering through. And in essence, for those of you who aren't, let's put it like this. The one side doesn't do a good job at showing the benefits of border security. And the other side does a fantastic job of doing what we like to call propaganda. And propaganda only works until you know what it's doing. Okay. History. If you are a history buff, I encourage you to look into the Nazi regime and uh, propaganda because when television, TV, and all that came out and they were really able to enhance it, uh, I, I'm not just saying enhance it, really able to capture the ability of what you could do, propaganda was probably one of the reasons why Hitler was became who he is as easy as he did. And Joseph Goebbel has a phrase. Did I send that to you? You, guys? You, you did send that phrase to us, um, but I think you should still repeat it because obviously uh, those listening on audio cannot see our uh, group text chat. I would hope not. <laughs> so Joseph Goebbels was the, not a lot of countries have this, the propaganda minister during the time that um, uh, Hitler was uh, in control of Germany. And he's got a bunch of quotes. And like I was saying, the Nazi regime used the ability of television at a level that most people didn't even realize because for the amount of time that it was out, they, how do I put it? The Germans have always had this ability to be, in a sense, years ahead of more of the common society in the world. They've just, they have always had like, it's like a step ahead. Even if it's overly engineered, overly complex, horrible to maintain, they've always been like a step or two ahead of everybody else. BW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, go on. Uh, and so here's some of the quotes from Joseph Goebbels. If you repeat a lie often enough, people will believe it and you will even come to believe it yourself. Propaganda works. This is another one. Propaganda works best. When those who are being manipulated are confident, they are acting on their own free will. I have seen his student in action recently. Ooh. And honestly, and I'm being serious, I'm not joking around. Saki. Jen Saki. <laughs> That's why when you're like, not many people have the propagandist, I was like, we do. <laughs> or as people call her, Big Red. Big red. Although she's put apparently leaving to MSNBC. Yeah. That's that. quote. But that's beyond that. Oh, another quote. During a war, news shall be given out for instruction rather than information. Oh, hi, Saki. <laughs> there is no <laughs> there is no need for propaganda to be rich in intellectual content. Why does he keep describing her? Because you sent the screenshot of a video. You did send the link to the video. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it wasn't just around the propaganda. It was around kind of like Hitler's rise. I, I know, but you could have still sent the link to the video. I, I could find it. This is something I'll say, Josh. You send screenshots of things. You never send links to the sources. Savvy. Wait, why don't I have? It's in her group chat. Anyways, the, 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 quote that you were looking for says propaganda becomes ineffective the moment we become aware of it that's the one uh, not, uh, uh what was it um uh what's his name um aaron Rodgers said a quote that literally falls right in line with that and i know everybody's not a hundred percent you know a huge fan of aaron Rodgers, um Baby. especially after they know what happened last season and now they know his contract signing for the next four years um but he said, science that is not questionable 
is propaganda. I agree 100%. I agree with that too. And kind of going to the border wall with this, one side of the spectrum will, when they, uh, for example, you guys have probably seen pictures like this. Um, There's a wall. Yeah. Okay. And the and the essence is a wall doesn't work, and it's either ladder with people climbing up it, or it's got these two massive car ramps, and a car is literally driving up the ramp to go over the wall. Okay. Okay. Those are two common images I have seen, and the argument against during Trump's time, an argument against that a border wall is ineffective. Point period. You can find videos on YouTube of people speaking with agents, people out there going along the border, talking about it. You can find people out there. The cartel is smart. Okay. They're not stupid. They're smart. They're in the money. They're in the business for money. Okay. And we're Mexican. So, yes, we're smart. (laughs) That's good. Devious. Um, (laughs) So, for those of you who aren't aware of what can happen down at the border, when you have various different things where certain people can get in and certain people can't get in, what the cartel will do is they will manipulate and move groups of people around based on where they're coming from and so forth to make it easier for them to get people through. Uh, the cartel is making money, period. No matter who gets caught or who doesn't, they can get paid. Oh, is it? There's a stretch down in Texas where there's a river. Ugh. To go from land to the other side of the river will cost a family $5,000. I mean, and if people, they're desperate enough, they will try, yeah, they will pay people, that. And I, and I feel bad. I, I, I really, I, I do feel bad that there are people who are literally selling their homes and everything they have coming to America, seeking a better life. And I want them here, but there has to be a vetting process that they have to go through. And there needs to be an accountability process behind that to ensure that they are who they say, and their intent is to come here to live a better life and not one that is of wrongdoing. And it's not like we don't take refugees. You know, we do take hundreds of thousands of refugees every year. Whether or not they're vetted properly or not, that's a whole new thing. Well, I'm, 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 I'm even talking about the ones who go through the process through the proper legal channels and go through the proper, you know, they report to the border and say, I would like to be a refugee. I'd like to enter your country. I'd like to yeah. do this. And then they go through the, the process legally. You know, we're talking hundreds of thousands a year that um, we take. I think. The last date year that I have data for here, 2020, uh, we, okay, we were down 0.24% in 2020 on the number of refugees, but we're still talking about almost 350,000 refugees that came in legally. Wow. We're not even talking about immigrants at that point. You talk about immigrants, um, <laughs> immigrants. In 2020, we had about 46 million. That was our immigrant population. They don't, they don't tell me like how much oh. actually came in that year. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. Which, if you if you look at it and you think about it, Aaron, about 14 percent of our U.S. population is immigrants. I mean, technically, 100 percent of okay. our population. Ooh. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. But 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 yes, you know, concurrently, concurrently, con- thank you. Concurrently, fourteen percent of our population is immigrants. Yeah, and and probably a, a sense of um, what's it called? First generation, first generation immigrants. Yeah, you know, once you hit second generation, at that point, if you're born here, you're not, technically not an immigrant. Right, exactly. And that's how they're defining it as: if you're not born in the United States, you are considered an immigrant. If you come you know, here, be it legally or illegally, however you get here, however you cross the border, whether it's what kind for you, where, if it's a coyote that's bringing you across or not. And I'm, when I say coyote, just to make Kamala, uh, appropriately know what I'm talking about, it's not an animal on four legs. Um, and certain areas that you can find a border wall, pretty much. I had somebody, um, explain it to me very simply. When you have people crossing at a certain point in time, the, like, so, so going back to this whole river, okay, you, so you can find a video. Uh, he is, in a sense, a journalist, but what he does is he goes and tried, he tries to find the, the raw, unfiltered information from the, the mouth of the horse itself. You know, he, he's not trying to find the information through somebody, through somebody, through somebody. He's trying to go to the source and get the information unfiltered, raw. And you can find him on YouTube. I forget his name. 
He's out there. He's done a bunch of stuff, though. So he's down in Texas, and he's on this river, and he's with this. These, these guys are Mexican, of Mexican descent, and they came here. Uh, if they didn't come here illegally, then they're parents. And I'm saying that because I don't fully remember their background, but they believe in people coming here legally. And they get pissed off that when people come here illegally, because if they didn't do it the right way, then their parents did it the right way. Right. Which gave them the chance to be where they are. It's they are part of a nonprofit organization that helps uh, in hurricane disasters and stuff like that. They have a bunch of boats at their disposal that they use. And so they're traveling down this river. And they said the funny thing is. The cartel, all they have to do is have a raft and get past the halfway point. If they can get to a point where they can dump the family, even if it's before the actual shoreline of the of the other side of the river, a.k.a. the uh, American side, as long as they get back and they're at the halfway point, Border Patrol can't do nothing to them because now they're in Mexico territory. Yeah. What they'll do is if there's a group of people that can't come into the country legally, let's say there's a ban on people coming from that country, they will take a bunch of people and filter them in one direction. You're talking 20, 30 people that can come into the country. Okay. Especially at the beginning, I, my memory's a little blurry here. At the beginning of the Trump administration, there was a um, deportation ban from people coming from certain countries. Right. So they would send those people to the most obvious place possible. The border patrol would be like, all right, well, well we got 30, 20 people. We got to send the 10 agents that cover 10 miles we got to send them all here to contain these people, vet them, put them on a bus and get them into town. Well, when you have all those border agents going to one spot, let's say, I don't know the actual number because that's more of a security thing. Um, let's say there's an agent per mile covering, you know, one agent per mile covers that area, you know, keeps an eye out, horseback, ATV, truck, whatever you call yeah. it, uh, plane. Well, when you take a bunch of them and you put them to one spot, now you got this huge gap. So what does the cartel do? The people who have the ban on their country slept them in that way. And then what they'll do is towns inside past the border, they'll have um, cartel members pick them up in SUVs and take them further in to different points. And that's probably all based on what they spent money on and if they paid the cartel to take them that much yeah. further into the... Uh, United States. And so what a wall does is wall makes up for those gap in personnel. So let's say you got a mile long wall. The cartel doesn't necessarily bring you stuff to get you over any obstacle. They just get you to the American side. And if you pay them even more money, then they may help you. Or they may pick you up once you get far enough inland. But if you're just paying the cartel to drop you off at the American border, that's it. They kick you off the raft. They kick, kick you off the truck. Now you got to finish the rest of the journey. Yep. And so if these people are coming and they got this wall and they don't have a, I don't even know how high the wall is, a 25, uh, a ladder that can do 50 feet. I don't know. Oh, you can get up one side, but now you got to get down the other side. So in essence, for people who do or do not agree, a wall is only a deterrent factor. It's not a bulletproof option. The intent of the wall is in, instead of having to put like a border agent every tenth of a mile, you in a sense could put a border agent every one mile. Because if you put the gaps between the walls in a sense a mile apart, you have a border agent between each gap. Everybody has to funnel into one spot. Sorry, I was just laughing to myself because just a little second ago, you're like, oh, yeah, one border agent per mile. Now it's one tenth of a mile. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> For it to be effective to make a human wall is what I'm kind of getting. It, oh, if you want to make it a human wall, um, um, that'd be entertaining. Climb over Aaron. Uh, <laughs> but in, in in a sense of being captured, not being captured, but even the people who didn't have a deportation ban on them, they wanted to get captured. Because that means that's the faster that they're out of the desert, the faster they are from anything that could possibly kill them. And the sooner they are in town with a pamphlet, bag of money, and uh, now they get shot somewhere else in the U.S., yeah, the whole whole border uh, situation is a little crazy. Sounds like a mess. It, oh, it, I mean, it does. It is. It's hard because we have such a long distance to cover, and that's not even considering the water entries. Right. 
boats and then you got planes and yeah here's the planes are at least a little bit easier to track because they can at least as long as they have the proper equipment which if they're doing nefarious stuff we're not going to necessarily have that but, i know somebody oh boy it was a buddy oh, who no. went to high school with and this guy apparently buys weed in la throws it on his undercarry suitcase and goes down to Mexico and he sells it. Okay. He says only 20 out of the 150 bags get sniffed and if you wrap it right, it's hard for the dogs to smell. I've been doing this for five years. I haven't been caught yet. Talking about living life on the edge. And that's just to go out of the country. Yeah. Well, I mean, And that just makes me question. I mean, if that's stuff going out of the country, What's coming in? Yeah, what's coming in? Oh, what's coming in is uh, <laughs> astronomical. A lot worse. Let me just put it that way. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it. At, I'll just leave it at even. that. Yeah. What were you saying? Just I watch. Just watch Narcos. Okay, probably, that's it. That's it. I know, show. but like it shows just like what they do to get it in. So I mean, if so much. Well, it's not also. I mean, it's based on like Pablo Escobar stuff, but like yeah, if they if what they showed coming in then was legit they're probably doing more now i guarantee you they're doing more now yeah uh oh, just just because of the fact and they're finding ways to to do it easier and yeah. easier and easier and just gotta uh, get creative with it you know the longer that washington argues on a topic the more stuff gets in the more stuff happens well the, here's my view on it by the time washington passes a law on something it's already a few years out of date that's uh, fair. I and all of our laws for crime and all that, and I'm not talking about any one particular type of crime. I'm talking all sorts of crimes yeah. are so far behind the digital age that they can't keep up with how the digital age is transforming. But, but even then, I mean, if they if they choose to put a law in place, you can find the specifics on that law if you look deep enough. And even if it is up to date, it takes so long for them to enact it. Yeah. That you can already have a resolution on how to get past the law before the law is even actually, well, okay, let's put it like this. You can pass it, but now you have to familiarize your agents, your law enforcement, whoever it may need to be on that law, how to process that law, how to approach that law, this and that. Even if it takes a few years to put a law in place, before they already know how to avoid that law if need be. Yep. So I, I'm not looking forward to the the future where yay they want to do away with borders and then you add in the metaverse and I regardless see I put in the notes like Josh's thoughts catch up with Josh and thoughts on one let's see one two three four things we got through one of the four so far mm. <laughs> 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 see told you two-parter this actually might be a three-parter oh it might be. you're welcome <laughs> josh do you have anything else to say on the border i don't know if no, you doesn't. could he at this point enough. he doesn't have more um oh no but no you're, you're good just besides the fact that it's literally just been this pathetic political spin on both sides of the spectrum I, I I I bring it back to the con, con. This is just a quick thing here. I bring it back to the con comment that I know somebody that made and the uh, uh, years ago. For those of you who don't know, or may want a little refresher, um, Chick Fil A came out saying that they were not for uh, same sexual marriage. At a corporate level, they came out they saying that the company does not, in a sense, um, support that. Um, and I don't know what, what how that entails their hiring process. I don't think that negates their hiring process, but they, I think, as a corporation, would not come out and support any groups or any activities that, um, or, or organizations, I should say, in a sense, uh, that are for the same-sex uh, marriage. Male and male, female and female, dinosaur and dinosaur, truck and truck, <laughs> whatever you identify as. They're not for it. <laughs> but I had somebody that I know go oh you know that homophobic homophobic chicken is pretty good i'm not gonna buy it because it's homophobic chicken and um um i always laugh at that 
because the kind of thing with Disney that came out recently. Oh, groomer Disney. And how corporations themselves, I would put my money on the table to say that more than 50% of the corporations in America don't actually support same-sex marriage, but will do it societally for profit and profit only. And so that's where I make the argument in a sense of people that go homophobic chicken. I'm like, at least they're willing to say it. And all the other brands you buy from are probably not because they just want to take your money. Disney example we've seen. See, but I feel like Disney is actually about it, though. I don't. Well, I one of their people was saying that they want to add in a lot more. How how did she put it? Yeah, queerness into their products. And believe it or not, they actually had a scene built into the new Buzz Lightyear movie that showed two girls kissing, and they plucked it from it. And then they reinstated it. And they reinstated it with this Don't Say Gay Bill and their uproar of uh, fellow Disney employees and stuff like that. They reinstated it. And so that is just an example of the artists and the director may have actually formulated that movie to be that way, and the corporate Disney said plucked that out but then when they got resistance they're like we can't lose profit put it back in so again i'm willing to put my money on the Uh fact that more than 50 percent of corporations in america are still not on that still don't support that and if they do it's because they're doing it from a profit standpoint not actually a personal standpoint right so for people who say chick-fil-a chicken is homo i didn't realize that chickens could be homo Anyways, um, going off of that, bringing that towards the border wall. Where's this the, tie in? Well, here's the, here, here's okay. where it ties in. Right. Um, Bring me politicians have been good at making society feel comfortable by giving what they want to hear, but they may not actually support that at all. You see it on a corporate, uh, you see it on a corporate version of America. And in all honesty, the government is a failed corporation. That's what it is. They don't make any profit. A corporation, an effective, good corporation, makes money. Yeah. A failed corporation does not. And the United States is not about making money by any means. They don't make it. money on deals. But if we we're really good at making money, we wouldn't be in debt. Well, and if we don't want to be in debt, that means they're going to have to raise our taxes. Yay. Well, actually, uh, besides from that, if we don't want to be in debt, it's about cutting off a boatload of benefits and programs or maybe not sending money overseas or stop handing checks out to people without them paying you back aka enhanced border enhancement in other countries and actually that can bring us to another topic oh boy i want to hear which one which one josh abortion (laughs) 